0: THE world IS safe. THE LIVING ROOM'S DARK SAVE FOR LIGHT BEING CAST FROM THE BIG TV SCREEN AND THE IMMINENT SUNRISE THAT'S TEASING THE ONE STARRY SKY WITH WHISPERS OF MORNING HEY GEORGE Hey,
1: Lions. How's it going? America. Ah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. Like, it just, there's yeah. no other way to start this episode. Yeah. Well, that, that, and honestly, is just the bandit splashed <laughs> is the thing that, t- okay. So, uh, we're already into like weird sides. Um, so I stream most of the games that we play for the show on Twitch. Uh, one of the people who's regularly in my chat room is apparently like a big, like military nerd like geeks out on Mm. wars you know war history and like military hardware and stuff and i made a sarcastic comment like surely that is the like disneyfied kid friendly version of what they say and he was like surprisingly no i was like really grown ass men who just killed other grown ass men by exploding them the correct (laughs) term for that is bandit splash and he was like dude i know and i was like i you know what? I can't even look this up because it's like tangentially related to the game. So, I'm just gonna go with this is a true statement.
2: Well, and that that makes me feel better because some of my notes revolve around a, a a thing that that's actually touching on. So, I and I was like, I, here's my guess. Um, so it <laughs> seems like I from what you're giving me, it seems like I might be in the right ballpark. So that's good. Yeah.
1: Um, it, is it? I mean, it's it's weird. It's weird.
2: Oh, it's a weird thing to say. I'm just <laughs> saying that the fact that that. That, that that is the actual that the game got that right supports my theory about the game ah, that uh, that's what i'm excited about i, I mean i you, they could have said you know <laughs> like 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 McGuffin down and you know i would have been like i mean i mean to your point right like when you have through through your direct actions you have snuffed out another life like and you have to then immediately report that fact so other people are aware of it like it has to be said right I can't think of anything perfectly appropriate to get that point across quickly.
1: Yeah. yeah I mean, there's no, <laughs> right. if, if you have any uh, problem with murdering other human beings, anything that's used to mark the occasion is going to sound macabre. So, right, and, right, and, yeah. and I
2: think that, that you know, just to, to say, you know, is that, yes, I do understand that these people are putting in a difficult situation and, and, and so on and so forth. You know, like, I'm not, I'm not judging the, the, the individual. Like I, I think that, that there is something to be said. Like, like if somebody, you know, has shot down other fighter pilots and things like that, like there's a lot of stuff you got to work through that. I hopefully uh, up to this point in my life, I have not and hope to continue to not work through. And I am, I is unfortunately, unfortunate that we live in a world where there are people that need to do that type of thing to have to work through it. And I am fortunate enough to not have had to work through it. If that kind of makes sense.
1: It, It does. Um, and this also seems like an appropriate place to put this tag, uh, The theming of this game, um, which is called Super Strike Eagle, uh, the Mm -hmm. theming of this game is very uh, whites versus non-whites, and that, because of the fidelity of this game and the era that it was made and everything, like, That could very easily go over the head of a child. So, I if you want to go into any of those things, if any of the stuff is in your notes, like I'm perfectly fine to spend time on it. I am not planning to spend any time on it. So, this is just a disclaimer for the listener that, like, nothing we say, good or bad, about this game is a, uh, like a moral thumbs up or thumbs down on what I think most people would agree is like kind of an abhorrent view of the world. And if you disagree with that. Also, whatever—that's not what this is going to be about,
2: right? And and I think that that uh, if if you wish to kind of know more about this t- sort of stuff, extra credits does a great episode on. Like, it, it's not like it, it's uh, it's not lazy design. It's uh, it's like
1: poor oh, like, b- biases built in, right? Like yeah. where
2: where you accidentally like you know. So if you if you're just like kind of, oh, you know, I want to make a first person shooter that takes place in you know like this this one area of you know, sub-Saharan Africa, and it's like, okay, so you've created a game where you're killing exclusively people of a certain ethnic group, right? Like that. That's not, and and a different ethnic group from the hero, right? So it's like that's not that's that that again, like if you're then using that to like talk about a certain like issue problem. So again, like everything that that we're going to say, I I actually, you know, I I have nothing but respect for people in the armed services. I'm not trying to say that anything that they, they have is anything that they're doing is either easy or something that I am capable of doing in any, in any road, but the game, that's not what we're talking about. We want to talk about a video game. So just like, I, I agree with you. Disclaimer out of the way that, that,
1: you know, so, uh, so we played super strike Eagle, which came mm-hmm. out in March of 1993 in the U S because it was actually made by an American company. Uh, and then it didn't get, uh, overseas until later that year, uh, super Nintendo game. And, uh, it, here's a, a I think a pretty easy summary of this game. Uh, super strike Eagle is a 3d flight sim where you American exceptionalism your way around the world in an F 15. Like that's, that's what this game is, right? It's yep. there. There's very little story. There's very little text or even directions um Up to and including where uh someone in Twitch chat was like, "Oh, this is a Microprose game. Oh, dude, you got to read the manual for their games. Like, they're they're <laughs> big on manuals." And I was like, "Bad news, friend. Not only do I not have the manual for this game in my collection, but this is an obscure enough game that I can't even find the PDF online." So nice. <laughs> I was just like, uh "I'm sure there's lots of useful and interesting things in there, but they're not going to be part of my review for the episode." But guess what?
2: Yeah. yeah, no, uh, it's uh it so this nostalgic experience.
1: I I didn't think uh cuz you recommended this game and I actually didn't think that I had played it at first and then the more time I spent with it the more i was like I had a friend who had this game. Mm. Like I because I'm not huge into flight simulators and the few that I ever played were on PC so I know this was not that. Um it, it, it I I have put my hands on this game before but it was definitely at a friend's house like once or twice. So super, you know, whuffer uh, nostalgia experience.
2: Yeah. Um, so for me, I, this is one of the ones I have weird and deep nostalgia, uh, ex- experience for, which is, um, my, my parents were divorced and I had a super Nintendo at my dad's house and a Genesis and normal N- NES at my mom's house. Right. You know, so, uh, That means that there were just some games that I only played at my dad's, right? You know, that was fine. Uh, But and my dad was not into video games, like just not. I mean, he he was as into video games as like most parents are right. But there were two games that he had that were like, he did not buy for me. He bought for himself. Right. And I remember that I was like, oh my God, like these games are insanely difficult. Like I can't play them at all and they're not fun. And this is, you know, whatever. One of them used the super scope you remember that oh yeah yeah it was like sh- shooting down like uh you, you again you were in an airplane of sorts and you're like shooting down stuff with the, the oh super yeah scope.
1: yeah I, yeah i only knew like two kids who had a, i didn't have a super scope so well,
2: yeah and, and the funny thing for my super scope was that it uh i i remember at one point being able to use it but it broke eventually so it very quickly <laughs> went from uh thing used to play video game to thing used to pretend it's just a bazooka, you know, <laughs> like, so it, it is it now more a magi- of
1: a toy than when it worked.
2: <laughs> yeah, it is now, it is now a toy for imagination play as opposed for video game play, uh, that one. And then this, this game, super strike Eagle. And I just remember every single time I picked it up, it was impossibly obtuse. I could not possibly wrap my eye around it. I never, I could only barely get past the first level. Um, because I could never land the airplane, man. It was just <laughs> I couldn't do it, and I would I would I would beat the hell out of everything, and then just just nose dive straight into the aircraft carrier, right? So, uh, so yeah, so so when we were just kind of talking, like, oh, what should we play? I was like, oh my god, wait, wait, this, this is what we need to play. So
1: yeah, so uh, uh, s- spoiler, um, when you said that, I was like. But he was a kid, and then I put my hands on the controller, and I was like, <laughs> "Oh no!" His memory is crystal clear. <laughs> uh, oh, oh no! <laughs> uh, should we chill? Shall we chill? We shall yes, we shall chill. Um, so, if you like what we're doing, and you want to uh, support us a little bit. You can obviously subscribe in your favorite podcatcher. You can follow us on the Twitters. Uh, I'm on the Twitch. All those links are in the show notes. Uh, You can go to our website and there's a feedback form as well as a list of the games we have played and are playing and are going to play next. Uh, If you want to go kind of above and beyond, uh, ratings and reviews are always super helpful. Um, Personally, I'm a big fan of just word of mouth. Like if you know someone you think would enjoy the show, Uh, Word of mouth recommendation, I think, is worth 10 reviews. If you don't have any friends, then go leave 10 reviews. That's also fine. Uh, And if you want to go really super crazy, you can support us on Patreon. Uh, Patrons at all levels get access to the after show. All of the after shows are available. So if you just subscribe right now, you would get all the ones we've ever done for as little as one American dollar. And if you support us at a high enough level, we will actually shout you out on the show. So with that, we need to thank our 8 bit classics Kevin, Airman First Class, John. Staff Sergeant, Jason, a Tech Sergeant, and Yarno, a Master Sergeant, and our 16-bit heroes, Michael, Captain, and Jacob, a full bird colonel, and our full 3D supporter, David,
2: a four-star general.
1: Nice. Yeah. He I it's I'm always like on the edge of my seat for him. Like I never know like <laughs> is he going to get like a cool one that he's going to like clip this because George said something nice about him or is he going to get like an insulting one and he's going to clip this cuz like he's into that. <laughs> yeah, cuz I mean that's the thing is that it it
2: you know the, occasionally you have to play it off normal because then, you know, otherwise it's just like oh it's always going to be funny one. Like you have to keep yeah. keep that air of uh of uncertainty because that's
1: that's where the fear is. <laughs> um all right so let's talk about the audio visuals in this uh generally like if someone said how are the graphics in this game i think you would just say like they're pretty good but if you actually break it down i feel like it's really like peaks and valleys uh Mm -hmm. the the plane which to be fair is where they should have put most of their attention and it is where they put most of their attention it seems uh looks really good like it has a, a very subtle like um kind of a lighting effect light when shadow it, yeah when it when it's you know banking to one side or when you're lifting the nose Which, up or
2: pushing it down it, it looks side good side note is super helpful when landing because you you need to know that like you are perfectly level when the light looks like this on the airplane that's when you're level yes you know yeah. and that that's helpful It's it's almost like a a weird red light, green light,
1: you know? <laughs> yeah. And and it's because you're controlling it with a D-pad, it's not infinite levels of there aren't infinite degrees that you can have the nose at, right? Or or tip right. the wings to. So it's it it looks really good. Um when you are in certain views, and we'll we'll probably break that down a lot more later, but when you're in certain views within the levels, sometimes you're flying over like snow-capped mountains, and those look like garbage. It's just Brown and green and white noise, and it's really distracting. But then, like, you fly over a city, and even though everything is shades of gray, because it's like man-made and it's nice straight lines, things that you know the Super Nintendo was really good at rendering. Like those things actually look fairly crisp, and it's pretty clear what's going on. So, like, there's there's these weird like jumps where it's like, oh wow, they super polished this, and it's like, oh man, they completely phoned in this other part. So it's like <laughs> it averages out to the thing looks pretty good but if you were scoring any individual visual you might get crazy extremes
2: i would say that the the visuals i feel um overall they aged pretty well in the sense that uh this this game is meant to be hyper realistic and we'll get into i i will I will expound upon that in gameplay but and i'm sure that there are examples of this but i can't think off the top of my head of a tremendous number of SNES era video games that are meant to be real world realistic like this game is meant to be
1: you know most of them are certainly not ones I played I was right? I was not into video games to see what outside looked like I went outside to see outside <laughs> you walk outside the
2: graphics in this game are amazing <laughs> super immersive I've only, but, but you're a child so you're like if only I could get out of the tutorial Um <laughs> So, uh, yes, all this is true. Um, and, and that's the thing is because if you think about it, right, you know, not only could the, the platforms not really handle it at the time, but games were for kids, you know, so they were made for kids. So why would you make a game that only adults would really enjoy? That doesn't make any sense. Um, so. So, yes, yeah, so I can't think of off the top of my head any game that really tried to do this. And honestly, I think that it did it pretty well because, you know, it's it's got to look you know gritty, but it can't. Look terrible, you know.
1: Well, and the the way they do the faux 3D effect is using mm-hmm. what I believe is called Mode Seven Oop. on the Super Nintendo. Uh, right? So I was going to ask,
2: right? Was it, I'm like, this looks like Mode Seven when you're yeah. when when it's when you're doing like the top down like bombing runs and stuff yes. like that. You, know? you
1: you take a flat static image and then you programmatically rotate it, as opposed to actually drawing it in all of those different orientations. Right? So it's like. Right. Sometimes that looks great uh, in F zero. It's mostly happening in the background or with things that are moving very quickly. So you're, you don't really have time to care a lot about it, but in this, you are looking at the part that is doing mode seven rotation because that's where you're shooting. So it's like, right. it, it's the opposite of F zero. It's like, focus on the mode seven, which is a yeah b- bold choice. Cotton.
2: <laughs> but I think that, that, you know, again, if, i don't i can't think of anything else that any other choices they could have made you know no because
1: otherwise it would have looked like an atari game right where you have these more detailed backgrounds but you the plane moves in impossible you know on impossible xy coordinates um like a a, like a bullet hell game right right so yeah like a yeah but that's not realistic and as you said they were going for how do we make it look as realistic as the super nintendo can render and and i agree with you this is the only way
2: yeah, and actually, I, now, now I think about it, they did make um, bullet hell games that were kind of based more on realism, where it's like, oh, you're a B-52 bomber or something like that, and you're going. But again, to your point, right, is that you're you're moving just like you would in Space Invaders, you know, yeah. or Galaga. Yeah, feels you know, like,
1: super video gamey.
2: Yeah, exactly. There's no way that you can. I mean, <laughs> there's no way you can go in an airplane, to the best of my knowledge, backwards suddenly. <laughs> Like that's not yeah that's I'm, not a thing that they do.
1: I'm I'm also not a pilot, but I'm pretty confident saying that they don't do that. Makes me think of the Homer Simpson when he's in the hot air balloon. He's
2: like, okay, I think I got it. This it can go up and down, but not side to side or back in time. Uh, <laughs> <I> <laughs> like, mean, so again, he's right. Yeah, he <laughs> not wrong. Uh, but anyway, so so yeah, I don't I don't really think of anything else they could have uh, done. So I think that overall, um, the visuals I think held held up you know they they if you did play this game it's probably about as good as you remember it um it was about as good as i remember it uh all of the so they do do a lot of billboarding right where basically nothing is is actually three-dimensional you know it's all um just like you said when you're when you're moving the plane right is that it's it's 15 different images of like how hard you're banking and you just swap between them. But I felt that most of the swaps were pretty smooth, you know, and like you said, good good lighting effects. For me, I did not, it's just so weird the way the human brain works. But right when I booted this game up, I had do, 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 do. I was like, oh my God, yes. No, I I remember this. I just, man, the music for that little bit of music in the beginning. And then right when I, I, was on the aircraft carrier and heard that that high pitched squeal and then the it's like your afterburners like taking off that and the bandit splash. I was like, oh my god! Like I remember all of this so keenly.
1: Yeah, and and that's not hard for me to imagine because that's like all there is, right? Yeah. There's there's that music on the title screen. There's a little bit of music when certain things happen, like when you die. Um, and I think in between levels you get like there's a little musical riff. Um, Mm -hmm. but there's no music during (laughs) gameplay, which is where you spend the majority of your time, right? And so the sound that the jet makes when it's taking off from the aircraft carrier, like you hear that every time you start a level or actually multiple times because you can land to do stuff, right? And we'll, we'll talk about that. But like, so you hear that, that taking off noise, you hear the missile noises, you hear the bandit splashed every time you kill somebody. So like, there's a lot of repetition in the sound effects and there's no music to kind of like zone out to like this is not top gun right like it doesn't feel like oh i'm a cool invincible fighter pilot like one of the things you get from no music that i think you could kind of feel even if you were just watching someone else play this is like there's a lot of tension because the only sound is gunfire and explosions and your computer telling you that damage is critical so it it really Drives home that feeling of like danger and dogfighting and and kind of the it it almost sounds stupid to call Super Nintendo realistic, but realism, right? Like it it really does drive that home in a way I don't personally love because I don't really skew toward the genre, but that's not a knock against the game. Like I think that's the the feeling they're going for, and I think they nail it.
2: Yeah, so so agreed completely is that to your point, right? There's no there's no music to this game because you're not supposed to be listening to music when you're flying a billion dollar
1: <laughs> piece of equipment. You, yeah, know, you don't they have don't, your Sony Walkman in there.
2: Yeah, they don't. They tend to to frown. I mean, <laughs> you you don't have your 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 YouTube your YouTube music playlist on your smartphone, like beaten <laughs> into your ears, you know. And even even if you could, you're gonna get no reception up there. Um, <laughs> but yeah i mean that's the thing the it's flying to
1: be- in 1993 and your problem yeah. with cell phones is not that they don't exist yet it's that you would have no reception
2: that is i mean right because they don't have the they, i mean what would it be like one like one g back then <laughs> if that 0.5 g <laughs> <laughs> it's 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 negative one g in that we get an additional g every like five years and we were 10 years before it you know it went See, if,
1: if we knew uh aerospace stuff better this would be the time to make like a you know, like you make you bank in a hard turn. you uh, yeah. You're right, like, but neither of us could do it. We will sound like assholes if we even try.
2: Well, here's what I'll do. I'll 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 call up Bucknell and uh and I'll get him to just give us some like random jargon and we can use that every time we swear. Is him saying like a <laughs> <laughs> like a cool a cool airplane thing? Um, yes. Yeah, so all that student. You know, actually, the 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 thing with the G's made me think of a joke I heard recently, which was great. Which was it was um. Uh, two people walk into a building and three people leave, right? And so um, the uh, the biologist said, oh, they must have procreated while they were in the building, right? And the engineer says, oh, our initial count must have been off of, you know, like, like who all was coming and going. And the mathematician says, if one more person enters the building, there will be zero people inside.
1: I'm not sure i can put that together fast enough that would make good podcasting so just go <laughs> ahead and
2: explain it to me well yeah so so two people went in three people leave so there's currently negative, negative one, one person right yeah so if you put another person it's in an there inside. now there's bring zero it back up to zero. okay good yeah. good good good, yeah. good good right right yeah no, i saw that and it, it makes me feel bad i did the same thing i was like what uh,
1: hey megan come here this is funny <laughs> come appreciate this there's
2: one other uh, non-related joke that now i just have to share which is uh um, there was a, uh, a a biologist, a physicist, and a chemist go to the beach, right? The biologist goes and sees all the sea, the, the, the seaweed life, like walks in to the sea to study it and is pulled out by the tide and, and, and drowns, right? Uh, the, the physicist is like so interested in like the waveforms of the beach, right? You know, so, and so he goes in there to, to study it further. The tide pulls away it drowns. The chemist stands there for a while looking at the sea and then writes down, the chemist and biologist are soluble in water. <laughs>
1: <laughs> see that's a good chemistry joke right that's a good ke- yeah i saw
2: that i was like ha, neat anyways um yeah so so basically the, the the game's meant to be super realistic and i think it pulls it off visually and orally orally
1: um i i want to talk about the views more in gameplay because of like how the different views behave um but as far as just visuals for the sake of visuals when you start the game, you have like a, a briefing screen, right? So it's like, mm-hmm. here's where you're going to be shooting strangers. And here's the particular buildings you need to explode. And here's how they're marked on your there's like there's a lot of uh, like initialisms in this game. And I was like, I'm not going to remember any
2: of these. That is hyper realistic, by the way. Yeah. It, yeah. I it's, know. <laughs> exhausting as yeah. a scientist i thought that scientists had a lot of acronyms <laughs> until i learned um how much the mil- the government loves their acronyms i'm like oh my god like yeah. you yeah. you're not saving time because you got to explain all this stuff to me
1: yeah. you know? so, no it's it's a it's it's secret handshake and word form right because if people know then they know but uh so you have that screen and then you have the view that you see when you are taking off or landing which i think is more or less the same view that you see when you're bombing like it's the same uh way the the f15 is drawn on the screen it's just that the mm-hmm. background is different because it's a different perspective um and then there's like the tokenized Map view, and you're like going from target to target. And I actually was pretty impressed with how seamlessly those things interact. Like you take off from the aircraft carrier at the beginning of every level, and you it just smashes to the tokenized map screen and it feels super normal. Oh, I'm sorry, I forgot the dogfighting view, which is first person. Yeah, three, there, there are yeah. three views. From yeah, my there's CACs. the the, the dogfighting view where you see the inside of the cockpit, so you can actually read off your controls and you have your HUD. You don't see any of that when you're in any of the other views, right? Because you're either in third person or like tokenized, you know, mm-hmm. omniscient uh straight down view. And I was just like, these seamlessly blend together in a way that's like really impressive because it's cartridge game. So they snap from view to view instantly, right? There's no like friggin' load time or anything. And also each view is tailor made for its purpose, which means only the information you need is on the screen in any given view, which is again, kind of realistic. Like if you were looking at things on the map view is kind of almost like a, super sophisticated like satellite view like if you yeah. were watching the action on like a super sophisticated spy satellite um it, it looks so, like
2: what what you see nowadays when uh in it at the in the back of the headrest for like a, a delta airlines or something like that yes. you know a, a flight there's, there's, tracker a flight tracker yep yes
1: yeah so it's like it makes sense that you can't see your console because you're not in the i mean you are flying the plane but like your view is not in the plane so you don't see the console right when you're um doing, like, the overhead uh, to bomb, uh, like, a a facility or, you know, an oil refinery or whatever, like, you're not really focused on the controls because the controls aren't what's telling you where you're going to bomb. You're literally looking out the window at the ground, right? So it's, like, it's kind of impressive that for each of these different slightly varied versions of what is essentially the same gameplay, they made these, like, tailor specific views that i kind of i kind of liked i was like this, this someone put a lot of thought into like what kind of action is going on on this screen how should we make that screen look what kind of action is going on on this screen how should we make that screen look and and we're very thoughtful about it
2: yeah i agree and i think that, that unless you have anything big this kind of leads me into a, a, a gameplay note which is that um they they were very very ca- to your point they were very careful in the the way that they crafted it and what the um, basically what the cognitive load is and what type of gameplay you're doing, right? So, you know, when it's like, okay, so if you look at it as far as gameplay speed, right? Like what type of game you're playing in when you've got the uh, the, the dog fighting, uh, well, here, when you do the bombing run, right? Is it's very, very quick, quick action, right? You know, like, so you're, you're sitting there, you're banking, you're moving, you're going up, you're going down, you're trying to shoot a missile, fire your machine gun, whatever, take the target out, right? Uh, when you're on the map, it's a resource management game. Right, you know, because you're sitting there, you know, you're flying around. Do I have the fuel to engage with this fighter pilot? Should I go after this target and stop the fighters from coming after me, or should I just ignore them and go straight for the the targets? Right? Um, when all of a sudden the missile fires at me, it's like, oh, do I need to use my chaff or do I need to use my flak in order to get rid of it? And how much of those things do I have left? Can I afford to expend them? Is that, it's a risk.
1: That thing is called a flak. I thought it was called a flare. No, there's a fl- flare and flak. There's
2: huh. Yeah, so, I mean, so the, the, metal, the metal shards are the flack and the, the red one's the flare.
1: That, I thought the metal shards were the chaff.
2: Chaff, sorry, you're right. Okay. You're right. Flack <laughs> is the thing that fires up. You're right. Yeah. right. So, sorry, chaff <laughs> chaff, and, and, and flare. My bad. Um, mm, uh, sorry, meth is a hell of a drug. Um, so, <laughs> uh, anyway, so, so yeah, so, but that's the thing. It's like, which, which one do I use? Uh, do I, because I remember when I was a kid, I could never remember which missile type was which, so I always just fired both at the same time. I'm like, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. You know?
1: Problem so, solving.
2: <laughs> if, I, if I use the sledgehammer, it will definitely kill it. It's not, <laughs> I'm not a surgeon with it, but anyway, so, uh, so, but that's what it is. It's a resource management game, right? And so the higher the risk you take, the less resources that action will use, but it's a riskier move, right? I, I was a and then the uh to me, the dog fighting is kind of the middle ground between those two, where you know it is kind of like action adjacent, but most of it is your your where is the thing relative to me? do I need to speed up a little bit do I need to slow down a little bit because you want to be going fast enough, you don't blow right by it, but not you know uh but not so slow that it can it's just always so far away from view you know um so on and so forth so then uh in in that one you know like so basically they they very carefully thought about what is the type of gameplay in each part of the game and what things does the person need to know in order to make decisions, you know?
1: So I love, I love that. I love the idea of like the slowest, because you spend a lot of time because the levels are fairly large. You spend Mm -hmm. a lot of time in that kind of tokenized map view. And that's where the, there is still constant tension But relative to the bombing run where there's, you know, anti-air guns and there's sometimes like just crap exploding all around you, um, that's a lot more tension. It's a lot faster paced. You're usually only on that screen for like sometimes less than a few seconds, right? Mm -hmm. If you're good at going in high throttle, dropping your bomb, or I guess it's a missile, right? Firing the missile. And then, uh, you know, after burnering out of there, like you might be on that screen for literally seconds, right? Um, they're, They're not designed for you to spend a lot of time on the uh dogfighting is you may spend a lot of time on that screen but you're kind of not supposed to right because every second the battle goes on they could get your back and then shoot a missile up your butt and then you die right and, and you're burning fuel yeah and you're burning fuel so it's like you're you're not accomplishing the mission your life is in danger so it's like it's it's more sustained tension and that tension goes up over time compared to the tokenized map view and the bombing run view. Um, you did miss one important game mode though, which is the survival horror game that is trying to land (laughs) because there was no part of the game that was more tense teeth, grindingly frustrating and maddeningly broken than trying to land the damn plane, which I thought was again, I'm not in the military. I don't uh, know anybody who's a fighter pilot, but if you want to reach out to us, if you're a fighter pilot and let us know if you've ever been in aerial combat, was that less scary than landing the plane? Because my guess is probably not right.
2: Like you'd feel like the answer to that is, is no.
1: Um, uh, Somebody in chat actually did make fun of me and say like, well, landing on an aircraft carrier, like that's pretty pants crappingly scary. And I was like, Right but that's because it's hard. No one is shooting at you. <laughs> There's no right. explosives going off ideally. Right. So like it, relatively speaking, it should still be lower stress.
2: Well, it, it should be. And I mean, and that's the thing is that I, I, I don't have any numbers on this, but I have to believe that we have lost more, um, more fighter, uh, fighter aircraft, fighter pilots uh, in, in combat. <laughs> than we have like blowing up on the, 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 you know, the aircraft carrier, right? Um, I do know that because uh, my um, my stepfather worked on an aircraft carrier for a while, um, and uh, he, some of the cool things that like they do, like it, you just don't even think of, but they basically have like a a giant. In order to get you to stop in time, they have like this like giant line that like the hook. There's like a hook on the back of the yeah. plane that like it's, it's grabs also it. how
1: you take off going at a high enough speed. They launch right. you. Yeah, so it's just kind of like
2: I just really love human ingenuity when it's just kind of like man. What we need to do is we need to get these planes to take off. Like, okay, I can do that from a boat. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, man, let's get it done. You know, if it uh, if it's got to get done, we can do it. It's it's the aircraft carriers are like the flamethrowers of the air force, right? Where it's like they totally are. Yes, I need
1: I need fighter jets, but I need them way over there.
2: (laughs) Yeah, and it's like we don't have an airbase over there. It's like we have boats over there, don't we? And it's like,
1: yeah, what are you driving? (laughs) I think you mean what are you flying at? Woo. Yeah, okay. <laughs> but actually the, the one other thing that I thought was funny
2: is I, I remember that um I, I went up to my stepdad at one point. And I said, just like, so who, like there are, th- you've got the aircraft carrier, right? And he's like, yeah, I'm like, and there's planes on the aircraft carrier, right? I was like, he's like, yeah, I'm like, so does the, who owns those planes? Does the air force own those planes? And he went, <laughs> no, <laughs> I was like what and he's like he's like I wouldn't let the air force keep their planes on my ship and I was like whoa cuz like there's there's a little bit of like rivalry between the different branches of the military but I just did not know how deep seated that was at least with him and like how long it would last but he he was He deridingly laughed at me for suggesting that the Air Force would be allowed to park their airplanes on his ship. And I was like, whoa, okay.
1: A bunch of guys I went to high school with all joined the Navy because they wanted to fly planes. And as someone who did not and still does not do military stuff, I was just like, but you're stupid like (laughs) that. But... But the Air Force has the planes. And of course they were telling me I was stupid, and they were right in this case, right? But it, yeah. it was just like to someone who didn't understand, like, oh no, actually planes that take off from aircraft carriers is a huge part of our naval might. I was just like, but, but Air Force, it's right yeah. there in the name. The, the the
2: Air Force, one other thing related, I guess this is kind of related to, to this type <laughs> of game, is uh So, all people who work for the Air Force are called um, airmen, right?
1: Sure. Um, You know what they call people who work for the Space Force? I I mean, the wording of that question certainly implies spacemen. You'd think that, right? That that, that, that would be fine. (laughs) They're called guardians.
2: And like, right? (laughs) I was like, that's a badass name right there. Like that, I'm not... Like, however you feel about the Space Force, you got to say, man, it's like... Like what's your time? Oh, I'm a guardian. It's like of the galaxy. Like <laughs> holy crap! So, anyways,
1: yeah, no, um, that's cool.
2: Yeah, right. Uh, yeah, so one of the the things that the game does that I think continues along the thread of its it was say what you want about this game. A lot of thought went into it, right? So one of the things that that happens is uh, so the very first area that you go to the um the it the the first stage is a tutorial, but in an age where good. Tutorials were way few and far between. This is a pretty good tutorial because at no point does it say, "Hey, buddy, it's time for the tutorial." Map it doesn't say that. It's just, that "Here's your first mission." You know, so you're like, "Oh, I'm 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 playing the game." And so, first thing you do is you take off from the air from the aircraft carrier. So they're checking, like, do you know basically what the controls are, right? And then, right when you get off of the the aircraft carrier, they put you into an unmissable dogfight, right? Yeah.
1: Yes. In fact, I tried to miss it because i was trying to practice landing uh mm-hmm. and and as far as i can tell it is unmissable you have to collide and because it, it's once your tokens reach a certain right. proximity to each other you switch to dog fighting
2: right yeah so i mean so they're like you're gonna learn how to dog fight now but it's again like the ai for that particular one is just super easy so like do you know how to fire missiles do you know how to yeah i don't think you would even really have to change your throttle at that point like it it kind of matches your speed because it's just yes you and,
1: and you're it was flying south and you are flying south so when right. you enter dog fighting mode you're like right up its butt you could literally right. just fire a missile
2: exactly which is what they they're, they're doing so they're not saying like like are you good at this? They're saying, do you even know how this works? Right. And then uh and then yeah, and then you just you go in, you do the thing. So like I said, I felt that the the first level was a very, very well crafted tutorial. Um to your point though, the only the only chink in that armor that I can see is the fact that, yeah, the the hardest part of the tutorial, the hardest part of all of the levels is landing the plane. And and so that that fact makes the tutorial seem sloppier because you're like Oh, well, you know, if you're checking to see how I take off, if I screw that up somehow, two seconds, you're right back in it, right? Um, Screw up the dogfighting somehow, blow up two seconds, you're right back in it. Nosedive into the first, uh, you know, um, bombing run that you do. Fine, right back into it. But if the thing you need to practice is landing the airplane, you you got a bit longer cycle time. And I'm sure when they were making it, they were like, why would you need to practice that? You know, but you you super do.
1: Yeah. So uh, this is the thing is, I couldn't get past the first level because I kept crashing into the aircraft carrier. <laughs> and so I actually spent 10 or 15 minutes where I would just start the first level, go take off, get into the dogfight, bank as hard as I could to one side and fire the afterburner. Because if you get far enough from the enemy jets in a dogfight, it will actually exit you out of the fight. And so that was faster than killing the like two or three jets that are in that first dogfight, and then I would immediately go back to the aircraft carrier and attempt to land. And until I was like, okay, I have at least enough confidence with this that I, I feel like I can do it. But but before we get into that, two more, I want to actually talk about something else because it's related to this context switching that we've both been talking about. When you are uh, taking off from the aircraft carrier. There are throttle buttons, right? And it's uh, X, I think, is up throttle and Y is down throttle, right? A is machine gun. B is whatever missile is appropriate for the context you're in. Uh, L is flare and R is chaff. What's I think actually super interesting is that is always true, right? So when you are taking off from the aircraft carrier, throttle buttons, throttle up, throttle down, right? Right. When you are in a dogfight, throttle up, throttle down. When you are in the bombing run, throttle up, throttle down, right? But also, when you're in the dogfight, the missile button is the kind of missile, I believe it calls them sidewinders, that you use against other planes. And when you are in the bombing run, the missile button is the kind of missile you would use if you were trying to explode something on the ground, right? Right. So all of the controls are not only consistent from view to view, but... Within a certain margin of error, I didn't completely stress test this, but within a certain margin of error, the what is happening when you switch views has some carryover. So, like, if you are using the afterburner to escape from a dogfight, when it switches back to the tokenized view, that is still the speed you're going, right? Right. When you are, um, you like when you fire a uh, a flare to. You know, get a heat-seeking missile off your tail. Which, by the way, it's color-coded. The chaff mm-hmm. is white. The the those missiles are white. The heat-seeking missiles are red, and use the red flare. Um, that stuff like is persistent. Like as it switches views, if you threw a flare, then get into a dogfight, kill that guy, and then go back out to the map. Like that flare is still there, right? Because mm-hmm. it's the the timing is a little weird, and the orientation isn't quite perfect. But it's there is a certain amount of this same plane doing these same things, you are now just seeing it from a different camera, right? Which I I thought was really cool. The thing that pissed me off about it because I could (laughs) not get it to work consistently is no matter how straight I approached the landing strip, because there's air bases in some of the levels and then the, 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 um, aircraft carrier no matter how straight I approached it I felt like when it cut into that view somebody just rolled like a d4 and then it just picked one of the four angles of attack and sometimes I'd be coming into the aircraft carrier and my altitude would be like 10 feet and I'd be going a thousand miles an hour and I was coming at the super weird angle like I'm coming in perpendicular like I'm going to land sideways and do like a hockey stop like it was just not I couldn't get it to behave consistently and switching between the map view and the dog fighting, the map view and the bombing run or going out of a bombing run back to the map or whatever. Like if that is a little fudged, like where it's like, ah, that's not quite the direction I was going or that's not exactly the throttle speed that I had set, or something. Eh, it's OK. It's not that big of a deal. You're usually not going to crash and explode But, Uh but with landing crashing and exploding is absolutely something that can happen. And it frustrated me that they didn't have precision where it's like, as long as you're coming in, like, you know, the, the aircraft carriers are always facing North and South. Right. So it's like, as long as you're coming in from the North going dead South or from the South going dead North, we will line you up because the presumption is you are trying to line yourself up with the aircraft carrier. And I just. I don't know if it was user error but I could not get it consistent it, it seemed borderline random which was maddening.
2: When so the weird thing is that I actually um was nailing the landings this time. Like it was very I'm, I'm it, happy it, it, for you. I know right. Like, <laughs> but here's it was super satisfying for me because I'm like like it can be done. Um so I think that it was just a weird mixture of having put so many hours into it beforehand so like I cerebrally kind of knew some of the tells and cheats, you know, and then I was now able to better execute on it in the gameplay, right? Because that was the thing is I remember, I remember like that the light hits you a certain way and I was like, oh, okay, so I can use that light to make sure that I'm perfectly level. The other thing that I did was I just made sure I realized that your throttle doesn't have to be that high for you to successfully land, you know. No. So I would back way, off, like right when I before I even got there, I back way the hell off on the throttle because then that gave me some more time. to Like,
1: get I I did situated. learn that lesson where it's like, oh, yeah. I can basically land at like throttle ten because it goes right. like zero to a hundred, then it spikes to two hundred and then yeah. afterburner.
2: Yeah. Um. So yeah. So so I I like I said for whatever reason I was I was nailing that this time, which was. I can now. This closes the chapter on the saddest, you know, on the saddest
1: book in American
2: history, right? You know,
1: so this this was your Sonic three D blast, <laughs>
2: <laughs> right? Where I was like, no, no, this is good, but but no, I mean, I it it again, it definitely get, getting into because, like you said, when you when you enter, go from tokenized to like the the top down view, right? Um, most of the like most of the time that happened for for me going into that for for landing on an aircraft carrier was had the same emotional effect as the sonic drowning music
1: you know yeah 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 right yeah
2: tense yeah yeah yeah. where all of a sudden you're just kind of like you realize that you've kind of stopped breathing a little bit or that you're taking really (laughs) shallow breaths you know and that you're just so hyper focused like don't screw it up don't screw it up don't screw it up um so uh i i can empathize for sure um so basically, as we kind of said, like there's, there's three main game modes, um, which does provide a slight difference in kind in the fact that it's basically kind of three different games that I think were kind of well stitched together. That being said, though, all the depth of those three different games is super shallow, in my opinion. You know, like there's just once you've done bombed a thing, like that's it. You know, all the bombing runs are very samey. All of the maps though so the maps themselves are very different. Well, it, the, the challenge is all pretty much the same. You know, it's like, OK, I got a missile fired at me. I got to fire a flare. Then, you know, OK, well, th- this is a ship. So there are some decisions to be made on the overmap. map. But to me, I found the dogfighting tedious,
1: you so know? tedious. It yeah, is I'm, the thing they market directly on the box. And it is, it, in my opinion, the weakest part of the game.
2: Yeah, because it's just kinda like, alrighty, so he's off to my left. So now I gotta bang to the left and speed up a little bit, not too fast. And then you know, like they start to come towards you, and you're like, Okay, now I'm gonna fire my missile, wait for it to turn wait for it to turn red, fire my missile, bandit splashed, duly noted. And, and it's
1: but, it's blue sky and gray horizon, no matter where yep. you are or what's going on. I mean, there's the night levels, but like yeah. it's it's boring looking and it's it's only tense in the way later levels, which I did not get to. I used codes. Um it's, <laughs> it's only tense in the way later levels where you, were you able to get out of the first level though? Like did you ever successfully land the thing? Yes. No, I, okay, I got <laughs> I got um I could reliably get most of the way through the second level, and yep. then I have a lot of thoughts about cycle time. Um <laughs> yeah. so uh I know, right? Um I I was What you realize with the dogfighting, like, if you played the tutorial level and then you jump to the very last level, uh, what you will see is that nothing changes. There's just more of it. When you do a bombing run, there's more anti-aircraft guns. When you do a dogfight, there are more enemy fighters. When you do a, uh, you know, the levels have more targets you have to go and do bombing runs on. So it's just like... There's more, uh, you know, I guess, anti-aircraft, right? Air or ground to air missile launchers, right? So you're having to deploy more chaff and more flares and, and you're, sometimes there's multiple missiles of different colors coming at you. So you gotta like, make sure you deploy the right thing for the missile that's closer to you so that it still has its effect. Like there is an escalation in pressure. There is not the decisions you're asked to make in the first level and the decisions you're asked to make in the last level are the exact same decisions. It's just more of them and faster, which is not necessarily bad, I did find it got boring. Well,
2: and that's the thing. I, I would agree with that. So the, the, the issue is that there's no real um, exploration of new mechanics or exploration of new challenge, right? Um, is that, you know, to your point, right, is that the all there is is just more, right? You know, so there's there's more bombing runs, but it's not the fact that, you know, oh, well, now that there's a uh, target type A next to thing B, it has some emergent type of gameplay to it. It's exactly the same, you know. So you just kind of look at the map and you say, "Hey, this is the strategy I'm going to employ," and, um, and I'll I'll I'll, I'll kind of lead you into cycle time a little bit. <laughs> and the problem is that that the game does not um doesn't help you with doesn't uh, uh, encourage exploration of different mechanical types because the cycle time is so long right so if you got 17 targets across the map and you're like all right you know what um i'm just you know what i'm gonna do i'm gonna ignore everything but the targets i'm just gonna see see how that works out for me it could work out great it could work out really poorly but you better be really happy with that decision because if you may, feel like you made the wrong one you're 20 minutes out you know um if you're like you know what i'm actually going to like take out just like some of this like i'm gonna go left to right on the map, or top to bottom, or I'm going to go take out all the airplanes first and then cycle back and then get the other thing. All potentially great strategies, but once you find a first-order optimal strategy, you're not encouraged to deviate from that, and then it's just, it's all the same because the first-order optimal strategy, because there's not that much depth in gameplay, it never really stops working, you know? So whatever you do, you just keep doing it, And and once I realized that basically halfway through the second level, I was like, oh,
1: I mean, I'm good. You know? (laughs) Yeah. And it's, it's weird because I don't know exactly what the right balance is, but if you think of a game like Tetris, right? Mm -hmm. The first level and the last level of Tetris are the exact same game. The only difference is the last level is very, very fast, right? Ditto most arcade and arcade style games, right? The, the gameplay doesn't really change. It's just asking you to make, more decisions snappier right or even just the same decision snappier I think one of the
2: differences though is um at least for for Tetris is that they almost have some of like that like roguelike quality in the sense that like each run is a little bit different you know so it's like how far can i get in this run you know as opposed to this one all the maps are exactly the same the layout's exactly the same and the ai behaves very predictably you know so even when you're playing pac-man i know that all the ghosts behave a certain way and that masters know that but if you're kind of at a base level play it's like oh oh, i'm gonna go here no wait now this ghost is tracking me but for this one it's like the same Fighter jets are in the same places every time, so it it goes to um, practice gameplay as opposed to improvisational gameplay, which is I think where the arcade games have the edge. But sorry, continue. Yeah,
1: no, I I, I don't. I have I have no notes on your theory. I, that that seems <laughs> that seems like a good reason that they'd be different because I think they're using the sameness of it as a way to excuse the garbage cycle time, right? Mm-hmm. Because if something is improvisational, then discovering a first order optimal strategy is impossible, right? Tetris does not have a first order optimal strategy. There are strategies that work well. There are strategies that work less well, but because the game is essentially random, unless you know the algorithm and you can be like, "Ah, I know what the next 10 blocks are going to be because I'm rain man. Like (laughs) then you can't say like, Oh, I'll, I have this way of, of beating the computer at its own game. Right. Whereas is this is if you do the same sorts of things each time, the world will react in basically the exact same way each time. Right? So right. what you end up with is a situation where you have to be willing to uncover whatever the first order optimal strategy is either for the game or for your play style. And then just do that over and over and over, which to your point is then like, Okay. I've seen it. Right. Yep, the the thing it. that I found frustrating is because I did not put enough time into this. I mean, would it take you 30 years because I did not put 30 years into mastering the landings in this game. Um, and I know that's a little bit of a misnomer because you took like a 29 year break in the middle, but like, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, uh, No,
2: this is, this is the only game I've been playing actually, even with the it. podcast, like I haven't played any of the games. It's all been super strike Eagle. And I've just been like, kind of, throwing it in there, you know,
1: slowly (laughs) chipping away until you felt like you were ready to review it. Um, (laughs) so the, the thing that threw the cycle time in my face and that really made me grind my teeth over it is because, uh, you get a, um, like a mega man style, like eight digit code, you know? So every time you finish a level, you get a code and it is a unique code. So if you use that code, you will start with your score, right? And then you, you pick up from there if you use any of the cheat codes, it jumps you to whatever level you want to go to, but you have a score of zero. So you know, there is some thought put into the fact that you're probably not going to beat this in one sitting and certainly not on your first go, but where the cycle time fell down for me as being like insulting is in the first level, which as you said, is a tutorial. There are four targets that must Mm -hmm. be destroyed for your mission to be complete. And I think two optional targets in the second level, there are, uh, 19 targets that are required plus all of the other crap that's going on right so like dog fighting is not required targets right um uh ground air missile facilities are not required targets so it's like there's all this stuff you could be shooting at but that's not the things you have to shoot at to make the level end so you end up getting into this like how little optional stuff can I engage with so that I still have missiles and so that I still have fuel and blah, blah. And, and this is, this was where the moment of truth happened. But what if you run out of missiles? Oh, well, there's a couple bases and there's an aircraft carrier that you took off from. And if you go back to it, it will reload your missiles, reload your chaff, reload your flares, reload your guns and repair all of your damage as well as top up your fuel. And each one I think you can go back to twice. So mm-hmm. you can go and totally get all of your health back and all of your missiles back and everything back six times in just the second level. And it, it may be more in the later levels. But if you screw up the landing, you die, and you have to start the level over. No checkpoints. So yep. if if you blow up 18 targets and you're out of bullets and you're out of missiles. And you go back to the aircraft carrier and you land and you explode tough start over like, and that I was like, this is, this is sloppy. Like I, I, this feels like the one part of the game that someone either didn't think through where the rest of the game feels very thought through or for some insane reason, they were like, "Ah, that's fine. It's like, you already have their money. You don't have to punish them. Like
2: <laughs> narrator, but it
1: wasn't fine. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't fine. It's soul crushing to be like 85% of the way through the level, fly to the aircraft carrier, fly to the base. And you're like, you come in at an insane angle, which may have been user error. But I, I was trying on the tokenized like overhead view to come in as straight as possible. And I would come in at this insane angle and I'd be like, Panicked because I'm like, oh, oh, God, I'm gonna crash. And then because I was panicked that I was gonna crash, I almost inevitably did crash. And then it's like, oh, that entire run is now dead. And if it was a true roguelike, where it's like it's Tetris, and it's like, oh, well, it all I gotta start from the beginning, but it'll all be random. But it's not, right? It is now grind your way through all the things you already proved you could do. None of which will prepare you for the thing that is forcing you to grind your way through them all again, which is landing on the aircraft carrier. Right.
2: Yeah, I I do think that honestly, the landing on the aircraft carrier is by far and away like the the rippling cancer effect of this game. Like if that (laughs) if that one thing was fixed. There's a lot of things I would still. There are a lot of issues I would have, but th- that is such a weird problem to have, and it compounds so many other problems that the game has, right? Because that's the thing is that if you were like, yeah, you know what I mean, the game's a little tedious, but I mean you can just kind of like put your brain on neutral and just kind of work your way through it, unless you're trying to land, you know. <laughs> and it's like, and, and that's and, and again, like if if uh, <laughs> even if you know the landing was the checkpoint, you know, like even that would be helpful because then. If you were able to, it would it be like, you know what? Landing's a pain, but if I can if I can successfully land, then all of my stuff gets saved. So then you might be like, oh, you know what? I'm, I just took out these five, seven bases. Now's the time. I either want to die or save my game, you know? Or if you could just save the game, you know? Because then well, you could save right before you land.
1: And that's the thing is this uses a password-based, uh, you know, like progress tracking system, which means... You're writing to memory like you are in in a I mean, I'm trivializing it a little bit, but like in a sense, you are essentially saying set these values as true. Right. So like you don't need to store anything on the cartridge. Your saving system can be as insanely granular as you want it to be. Give me a 20 character alphanumeric password I have to enter. And so it knows exactly how much fuel I had, exactly which bases were destroyed, exactly how many bullets I had. like. You can do that because you're not writing it to the cartridge. You are writing it to paper, right? So it's like the fact that it's like, oh yeah, well, you know, we let you save between levels. And it's like, that is a huge ask that there is a huge amount of time in between those levels. It's too much time. Like normally I feel the pressure of cycle time, but you're the one who's like, nah, dude, the cycle time ruined the experience for me the cycle time ruined this experience for me. I was like, this game is okay. There are some things that could do better. There's a lot of things that it does really well, but the reason I didn't enjoy it at all because of the cycle time.
2: No agreed. Um, and, and that, uh, brings me to one of basically I've got some other stuff, but my, my, my last big note is, um, you, one of this game's core aesthetics, in my opinion is fantasy, right? You want to be the you know f35 pilot you know you want to be the super the F- strike eagle that's literally yeah, want-
1: what it says to you when you die
2: yeah exactly like that's what you want to be right you want to be a fighter jet pilot right so and and to be fair, I think that the people worked really, really hard to make that a reality you know it gives you very granular controls off of the things that you would likely have control over, right you know um you get into dogfights and the dogfights aren't you know you zipping all around the universe it's very much so it's it's a a tactical like i am going to make these decisions i remember speaking to bucknell um when he was here recently because he's very much into airplanes and and he uh and i i asked him at one point because we were at uh, the wright patterson air force base museum and i said uh so what would happen if this old airplane got into a fight with our modern day airplanes he's like well that airplane goes at like 300 miles an hour and our current ones go at like 1500 or some insane speed so he's like <laughs> So it'd actually be kind of difficult because one of the airplanes is effectively standing still, you know? And so most of the time when they're fighting, they don't like our current, they don't see each other. You know, you've just got them on your radar. Right. And then mm-hmm. you, you fire a guided missile at them, you know? So he was like, so, you know, I mean, like you just, you, you fire the guided missile and, and then have to pull away because you're about to run into it, you know? <laughs> and it's like, like, yeah, you know, so, but it, it has that feel. Right. But the thing is you've, got to care about that fantasy right you've got to that's got to be a thing you want to experience right um and i don't and that's not saying that it's a bad fantasy it's just it's just not one of mine right like i i am all about you know like like let me be the kung fu master hell let me play civilization six and be a omniscient omnipotent deity that lives through time and directly controls the activities of his civilization right you know all of that those are all fantasies that i like right this is one i just don't care about. So I feel that it may be garbage cycle time aside, um, is that the idea of it's like, hey, you like donuts, eh? We'll have all (laughs) of the donuts in the world, right? Like that's what the game does. And it's like, here's four donuts. you're like, all right, I can eat four donuts. Here's 17, no 19 donuts. You're like, that is that is way too many donuts. (laughs) The brochure said there'd only be a few donuts, right? And so, but but to somebody who is the Homer Simpson, right, you know, they're like 19. I get to play it for this long. Oh boy. You know, but for me, I saw that and I was like, no, g- kind of not that into donuts to begin with. I could, I got through four. That's fine. But 19, I'm a, uh, no, I'm good.
1: Yeah. And, and this is where, le- you know, leading into um, kind of like whether or not we thought it held up. I, I always feel bad when I'm like, oh, this thing is not for me. Right. I need to make sure I need to make extra sure that my opinion of the game as a video game is not overly mm-hmm. tainted by that because when you're gushing endlessly, right? I mean, when we were reviewed, like, I think to the past, we played portal, yeah. like we're just effusive go- stars go- in our ax, eyes. Yeah. You j- know. Yeah. Golden Axe, you know, the... <laughs> the three sonic pillars ball, of gaming sonic
2: 3d blast the, the, the,
1: the three pillars of gaming you got yeah. you got portal you got linked to the <laughs> past and gold Axe.
2: gold Yep, that feels <laughs> right. that feels right
1: but but it's like i think when you're when you're effusively praising something the the uh, person listening to your review is coded to take that as a little more like well obviously they loved it right Like, so if they're saying this thing was fun or this hard part was fun or this challenge was interesting and and that made it super novel, like, yeah, but they really enjoyed it. And so they, they temper themselves down a little bit, or at least I I would imagine. But when you're crapping all over something, I think at least Americans right now at this time in history, like we're so predisposed to want to crap on things that I am afraid of like my opinion, like this thing is not for me coming across as like, oh, but objectively, it was terrible for these reasons, and la dee da, right? So it's like, I I I lose sleep over that, right? Because we we try <laughs> to be we we have our annual show where we get to be all about feelings, but like I try yep. to I try to be as objective as possible, and when. Just- just like in our real lives. Once a year, we express our feelings and <laughs> just, every
2: other... just the one time. Yeah. And then the rest of the year, we're completely cold calculating robots. As yeah. you can ask our wives and they will let you know.
1: Yes. And <laughs> anyone who's ever interacted with us ever. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, I did like it, it's something I, I, I deal with a little bit. Um, I have one other thing that I wanted to make sure uh, we got to discuss during the show. Uh, do you have anything else before we go into the final segment? Um one thing
2: that I'll expand on a little bit on the after show, but uh it, it is so I'll just do it as a throwaway note here
1: is um this it's not, it's is not a throwaway uh, note it is a teaser for the after show yeah yeah yeah
2: yeah. a teaser that I'm throwing into the garbage <laughs> <laughs> uh no it's it, it is um is this game also does the uh one hero versus the world theme oh, and
1: yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah and and i I don't as I have gotten older, I find that theme <laughs> increasingly tedious, especially when it's not supported by the narrative of the game. Um, and just as a, as a quick uh, uh, thing, and, and I, you know, I, I read in a newspaper, but I thought, I thought it was very fascinating, is that um, for every person that we put on the ground, on average, how many support humans do you think there are for that individual? You mean like for every
1: combat soldier? How many? Every combat soldier supports combat. I'm going to guess medium to high double digits
2: so actually it's it's 10 support people for every one combat person right oh, okay Fish.
1: so i was yeah. yeah i'm in my mind i'm imagining that because i mean 10 is still a lot right well, but, but i'm, it, I'm imagining but like that- banks of computers filled with people like looking at satellites and watching like on the ground cameras and stuff. right
2: and i mean that also includes like people who are running food and supplies and medical yeah. you know like all that right I mean, like if you consider, uh, for example, Russia runs a one to 15, which is to say that there is one support human for every 15 combat humans. Oh, you know? my God. Yeah. Which is, I mean, not to be overly political, but as one of the problems that they're dealing with is, you know, that they don't have that, that same support ratio. Right. Um, so I say that to say that knowing that when it's just kind of like, you know, when I'm suddenly dealing with the seventh friggin like. F- dog fight that i'm getting into because all these bases are just throwing equipment at me i'm like where where is my support where is my wingman where is your, your the millions sky, your of
1: sky rambo in this
2: yeah i'm like no this is <laughs> this is like when and i do this a lot of times in video games i'm like when i get frustrated I'm like this is dumb i shouldn't have to deal with this you know
1: <laughs> yeah and, so, anyways, and, that, and i yeah, bet that. i bet games because i i do think it's fascinating that a lot of older games, it feels weird to praise them for their realism because you look at the graphics and you go like, ah, these graphics kind of suck. They've aged or like mode seven is sort of grainy on modern, like super sharp screens. It's like, yeah, but that's, that is just the surface layer, right? That's the wrapping paper on the, the gift of realism, right? Or of high fantasy or of whatever, like whatever the vibe that a game is going for, the graphics are part of that for some people. It is the one and only part of it, which is why you get nerds arguing about like PC master race versus consoles. Cause it's like, well, if I can't see every single pore on their face, then I can't be immersed in the experience. It's like, what's realistic about this game is not the way it looks exactly. It's the feeling of the dogfight, right? It's the feeling yeah. of the bombing run. It's that where tension is and where it isn't right. It's how Pants crappingly terrifying it is apparently to land on an aircraft carrier. So yep. um like that is something that if you nail that in the game design, that can actually age infinitely better than basically any of the other the 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 wrapping paper, right? The the, the visuals, the lack of music in this case. Um where I think they they didn't deliver is like all of the other things that modern technology Provide for where you would get like more variety in how the enemies behave or how the levels function, or uh, you could have a wingman or several. You know, like where it's a squadron, right? Mm -hmm. And it's not just you. Like the Super Nintendo just couldn't do any of that stuff. So, like that, the the level of realism most people would probably say is in the graphics, and I would argue that where the realism falls off is actually in the one man versus the all of you know, the middle East, right? It's like, because a game that was striving for realism, wouldn't do that because that's not realistic. Right? No, I I
2: agreed. Um, but what was your thing?
1: Uh, so I am going to send you a link in chat, uh, that I, I need Mm -hmm. you to open. So this game, uh, was in, I haven't sent it yet. So this game came out in the U S first, and then it was ported to the other, uh, regions. And that means you get, regional specific box art have you seen the japanese specific box art for this game uh no okay so i'm going to send you a picture of the japanese specific box art for this game uh and then i would love it if you could describe for the listening audience i will put a link to this in the show notes as far as i know this is actually the official uh Japanese box art for this game, I couldn't double check because I didn't want to accidentally do any research on it. So if I'm wrong uh. and this is a joke, fine, they got me. but I'm pretty sure this is actually legit. So we describe for people what this looks like, okay, so
2: if you want me to describe this, this is um uh a a topless woman with leather pants um who uh whose breasts are only covered by the words the victory of u.s air force um which i imagine that this is how they get a lot of 18 year olds to sign up for the air force
1: (laughs) she she's also she she's drawn like because it's a drawing not a photograph right uh she's drawn like a like a pinup girl like a girl right blonde uh cowboy hat draped in ammunition (laughs)
2: Actually, so I'm sorry. I I, I did say what I meant, but I think that um, this is how they get 18-year-olds to sign up for the Air Force, the U.S. Air Force. This is specifically how they get Japanese 18-year-olds to sign up for the U.S. Air Force.
1: (laughs) Mom, I think I want to go to university in America. Why? No reason. No reason. Shut up.
2: (laughs) Yeah. No, because I mean, this is... uh, uh, yeah, it's 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 exactly what you would expect for. And again, like th- this game is very very realistic. It's made for people who want to do this type of a simulator. And it, th- this honestly smacks a little bit of like the marketing campaign that they did for Dante's Inferno. Do you remember that? No. Yeah. So EA, we, we all love EA. Um, they uh, made a game Dante's uh, called Dante's Inferno, right? Like and based on
1: dante's inferno
2: ostensibly yes (laughs) Um, (laughs) uh, dante's a templar who uses his giant great sword to wield to murder his way through the nine levels of hell which if Uh, i remember correctly was what virgil wrote yeah um
1: yeah so that uh, that sounds like the milton novel i remember as a cornerstone of western literature
2: (laughs) yeah yeah exactly right (laughs) um so and you know just like like it's all grotesque over the top dumb stuff you know like at, at one point you get a, a a trophy called bad nanny for murdering a certain number of unbaptized babies in purgatory oh, you God. know just
1: yeah you know okay um, yeah so it's, yep. it's it's duke Nukem with a uh associate's degree like you got it yep
2: <laughs> so um it's that but then what they did was um one of the things that they did to market it was it one of the um uh, one of the uh, comic cons, one of those, right. Is that they um, basically said like a, a, a night of sin. So it was uh, take pictures of yourself doing lustful acts with booth babes. And then they uh, will pay for you to have like a chest full of some amount of money, uh limo and women to, you know, be around you. And I'm like, and it's like, there is no better way to paint the entire gaming community as a bunch of like snot-nosed, 15-year-old moron children, right? You know, I'm like, I say all that to say it like, like there are executives who think, even in relatively recent times, this game's now like 10 years old, right? It's like, this is what people who play video games like, right? So somebody took the time and energy to make a fairly realistic, you know, like video game flight sim, and then Some exec somewhere said, like, this is what kids are into. And then they made this box art.
1: Well, I think what is most insulting about this, because remember, right, this this is an American company, right? This is an American company trying to represent America. Yeah. American exceptionalism, the video game, to the Japanese market and make sure that the kind of people who want that kind of experience know what's in this box. The thing that kills me about this is not all of the very well described things you just said, right? Cause those are all hundred percent true. <laughs> it's why is she not just painted onto the side of the jet? Like, isn't that the whole place that this stereotype came from? Is that like the bombers in world war two? I know this is supposed to be like in the nineties. It was, it was the time in game is current to the time that the game came out. Right. So 1993, right. um, cause literally one of the levels is the Gulf war. Um, But why, why is she just floating in the sky with jets flying behind her? Like she should be painted on the jet because then you get the best of both worlds. You get to say, we're not sexist pigs. We're just saying that this is a thing that they do in the air force because it reminds them they're fighting for a girl back home. But to have the girl floating freakishly in front of the planes and mario style solid white cartoon clouds It's just like you just wanted to put a topless girl on the box and like you did it you win you make the box art you could have put anything on the box but like (laughs) you were you did it in the laziest possible way and i gotta tell you uh be careful if you go looking for copies of this box art because it has inspired some fan art Uh, of course it has um so what do you think man did it hold up No, dude, it's and (laughs) it didn't hold up and sadly not for any reason for me except the cycle time like Mm -hmm. the fact that the stages become, you know, kind of boring and repetitive and and there's like you figure out what your play style is and then that's what you do. This game is not that long. It's only I think five levels. There's like a day and night and, and like the game itself is not that long, but it becomes infinitely long. When you can't refuel during the middle of a mission for risk of crashing into the aircraft carrier or the landing strip, right like it's i I couldn't even put enough to, i think I played this for five ish hours, maybe close to six. I couldn't even put enough time into the game to get bored with the repetitive mechanics because I spent so much time being frustrated with the cycle time like <laughs> That's not a good place to be in. So if you have incredible nostalgia goggles for this game, you might go back to it and say, ha ha, with my sophisticated games literacy, I have no problem landing the plane, right? They might have the experience you had, and that might be enough to put this into super enjoyable territory for them. But barring that, I don't know why in this era, when you could play one of... Infinity hyper realistic flight sims with a real throttle and VR goggles and whatever it is you need to get out of the I'm you know Sky Rambo saving the world by bombing people. Like, if that's your thing, you can get that experience without the terrible cycle time. So, <laughs> I feel weird to be like a single issue voter on this, but like, this game does lots of very interesting things and it executes on them. Fairly well. The cycle time is an unforgivable. It, it's a gangrenous wound. Like, no matter how much you enjoy everything else, and if the little rough edges don't bother you, the cycle time will get you. It'll get you. It gets you every time. Yeah, full nostalgia uh, goggles. Full aviator goggles are required. <laughs> Uh, for me,
2: honestly, I'm going to go uh, nostalgia monocle on this one. Um, I'm happy again, for you. I, yeah, <laughs> and and you know, I mean, the, it, I don't disagree with anything that you said. It, it, this is very much reminiscent of I was talking to somebody about the uh, one of the new Star Wars movies, and um, I was like, ah, you know, I thought it was pretty good, and and they were like, really, I hated it, and we started going through it, and we agreed on every point. It's just they cared more about the stuff they didn't like and i cared more about the stuff that i did like so i was like i thought they did this well and they're like i agree they did this well that well but that's not that i don't care about that i thought they did this poorly i'm like i agree they did that poorly but i don't care about that you know so this is kind of similar in the sense of i agree that the cycle time is bad you know um to me though the 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 reason why that doesn't bother me as much oh and just again Nostalgia Monkle, I don't like this game. I don't plan on playing it ever again. (laughs) Right. You know, like so I I feel like I need to say that, right? You know, but then to to kind of say, like, but if you, if you like the gameplay, right? If you boot this thing up, because the gameplay is not inherently bad, it's shallow. That doesn't mean it's terrible, right? You know, um, if you like the gameplay, if you find it enjoyable to to push the buttons in a certain order to fly around and do this, if you are into this fantasy, um, it's a lot of that, and honestly, like if if even if you get a third of the way through the level and then you just eat eat hot garbage on the on the runway, right? Then you, you kind of just bought yourself more of the gameplay, right? You know, so it's just it's it's and the thing is that it's because there is no emergent gameplay. It's just it's just the same stuff. I think that for you and for me, one of the reasons why that the game the cycle time feels unforgivable is because we don't want more of this sandwich right you know <laughs> so somebody's like if you get halfway through eating the 17 donuts and then just need to take a minute and breathe then stop you got to start eating all of the 17 donuts again and it's like I don't but I don't want to eat any more donuts but if somebody's into eating donuts then they'll just sit there boot up the game and just keep going and going and going and they'll have this dead in their sights and they'll be like boom bandit splashed
0: the curtain falls The music plays The credits roll Then it all fades To black And you're left by yourself The fanfare is gone There's no player two There by your side To share victories won But as you slowly progress Down the hall to your bed a few great events leak back into your head from the time that you spent traversing the land, battling evil, fighting the darkness, just sword in hand. Your memories creeping with the edge of a smile. You realize again what you've lost for a while. You gonna think back much less on how you save the day than on all the experience games at the end of it all and replay what we play after game over